0: Hey everybody, welcome to Going Off Track, Steven und Brad und Jonah, or as they say in Deutschland, Jona, wie geht's? It's a reason I was doing German, because today we have, and this is the obvious segue from German people, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen here today. From, from German people. From German, he's he's of the German descent. Yes. I have no idea, I don't think so.
1: I can, no, I, he said his...
0: Oh he, he said his father His father's yeah. half German. And he's been to... To East Berlin. He's going yes. to talk about that. This has been a long time coming. Mr. Jonah Bear has been just, I'd say, slathering Fred. I would say like politely persistent. Okay. Like,
1: hey, man, what's up? What are you doing this week? <laughs> and, uh,
0: you know, obviously
1: Fred has so much stuff going on. He's doing Saturday Night Live, Portlandia, so busy. But, um, yeah, like literally like yesterday I texted him. I was like, hey, man, how's tomorrow? I was like, cool.
2: And he
0: walked in and immediately started playing the drums that are in this room. That's true.
2: He did. I guess that's a good... We don't usually do podcasts in this room, but we're in the rehearsal room here at Rubber Tracks, and we usually do them in Studio B. It's a little quieter. Maybe for you, like, real listeners that listen to us regularly, you can tell the difference. It's a
0: little more ambient in here. It's an audiophile quiz. Can you <laughs> tell if they are on the practice room or Studio B? Uh, B that's B. a good one. Fred Armisen could tell. You could tell. But, but yeah, there's
2: a drum kit in here, and he a drum hit kit. it
1: immediately.
0: He sounded great. We so,
2: re- he
1: can play. He can play.
0: We should have recorded that, but instead we recorded this. It's going off track! Uh, Fred Armisen is on Going Off Track today. And this has been, I don't want to say coup, but just Jonah has been working hard. And by hard I mean saying, hey Fred, want to do my podcast?
3: I know, Damn. I felt like
0: I was... I, I don't. I'm
1: like really self conscious about like bugging people about coming on the podcast.
3: Jonah, you have a passport to do whatever you want. <laughs> Thank kidding? you so much. That means bugging. A lot. I
2: just renewed my, my passport. My pleasure. I didn't yes. get that option.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, the passport get, and it's also you know by default it also goes to your friends. So
0: oh really? Oh, oh right on. Come on. Of course, <laughs> of course. I'm flagged of course. by customs for nothing. Then yeah. <laughs> but right. yeah,
1: um, this is so exciting. Obviously, uh, you know for from Saturday Night Live. Um Portlandia, Trenchmouth. Speaking of which, Brad Brad thinks his old band made oh, performed with Trenchmouth. I was in this band called The Goops and okay. I
2: didn't realize that you were in trench mouth. Because, right. And I feel like I, I just I went through some of my old like this was like this around the same time, like uh-huh. mid nineties. But um I couldn't come up with anything. So
3: well, I don't we, know if we you, were broken up by ninety six. Yeah, we
2: broke up in ninety seven.
3: Um, where were you from? We were from New York. You were in New York? Yeah, band. But
2: we played Chicago a lot. And, so, you, uh, do
3: you think it was in Chicago you played with us? Yeah,
2: and I looked, I tried to, I have like, some of my, some of the old itineraries, and I looked through them, and I couldn't find it. I saw some where, like, we played, and then you guys played, like, two nights later. Like Fireside,
3: and, uh, Okay, Fire. So, you guys played the Fireside? Like yeah,
2: yeah, quite a bit. Maybe do we you just think met it, there or something. Do you something. think it would have
3: been a Fireside show? Because those shows are very, like, there'd be four bands, and yeah, very, that possible. was very... That was kind of fast, you know what I mean? Like, that could have been that. Would well, you remember other venues you played there?
2: Um, well, what was the big place? Metro?
3: There's Metro. If it was Metro, we probably didn't play with you. Because like, we, we, only-
2: we toured with a lot of bands that played at
3: Metro. But yeah. w-
2: when we went through on our own, we played Fireside a lot.
3: I'm going to guess it might have been the Fireside. Yeah.
2: I couldn't find any of the Fireside shows, so that maybe was where it was.
3: I, I Which is an awesome place. Yeah. Oh, that's was... It was great. Yeah. And also, like... Not you know great sound, not really great. It wasn't easy to watch bands there. It's just bowling right, alley. Right. but it was kind of like on the corner of a bowling alley, so it's always those places that are odd that have the best shows, you know those ones that well, that don't seem convenient. I think as soon as it's like a nice theater and there's lots of room for everybody it then I don't know what, why that is, but it's then it
2: like it's like anything that you have when you have to overcome
3: yeah. You know, it's like, like a little bit of a battle
2: because there's people bowling during the show right didn't oh, they yeah. like
3: leave lanes yeah. open at the other <laughs> end yeah and then there was a bar that you couldn't go into it was just very like it was a kind of a mess but kind of was, fantastic awesome. the awesome. bartender it was, was interesting
1: chain. i, I Old Ben the love Club used to play there and i remember going to the bar to get a drink and like the guy yeah had like a like chain like it was like the whole vibe there was really funny yeah there's very chicago
3: like i think they were very surprised that there were all those punks there yeah and,
1: So what happened? They they don't do shows there anymore.
3: No, like any city, you know, there's always like that great place, and then that you know the promoter moves, or the or the person who owns it doesn't want to have shows there anymore. That's just that seems to happen everywhere. But
0: did you ever play the old nine thirty in DC?
3: Yes, Uh, old nine thirty. And then in other bands that I was in, we played the old nine thirty.
0: That was a great room.
3: That was great, great, great. Mm -hmm. That was one of the best rooms. Ever.
0: I always sounded good there. I grew up in Northern Virginia, so uh-huh. that's where that was the only place to go. Unless where was, Alexandria? Uh, Springfield. Okay. So it was that was the only place to go see cool bands unless it was a church and you were going to see you know a positive force show or you know fugazi or nation of ulysses i missed nation of ulysses which is Mm -hmm. interesting because we were just talking to joan about nation of ulysses when i was uh looking at some old trench mouth videos that's what reminded me you guys reminded me of nation a bit oh we
3: were friends with them yeah and damon you know damon our singer was from dc so he was connected to all those people Uh, he he really knew them well so is that
2: I have to ask you about the uh, the DC thing because mm-hmm. my wife's from DC mm-hmm. and we were watching that Portlandia episode yeah. where you guys, there's like the scene in the bar where you, you two are like trying to like out name each other mm-hmm. and she, her, she, her jaw was down. She was like, those are all real people. They were.
3: Those are all real people. <laughs> those are all people from the DC scene. Yeah.
2: It was fucking, out. so I, what's the connection? You're not from DC.
3: Oh, well, our singer is oh, okay. from there and then. Because of that, we played there all the time, oh, okay. and like we toured with Jawbox. We toured with Nathan of Ulysses. We did a split seven inch. Because it was
2: obscure, like references. Oh yeah,
3: there, the, I, I, you know, we emulated Washington, the Washington D.C. scene. Right. We wished to be in that scene, and, and we got as close as we could. You know, we did a split seven inch with Circus Lupus. we were, I'm still friends with Ian Mackay. It's all
0: okay.
2: All right. Well, that makes very, sense Very, very close
3: with, with It was brilliant, all of them.
2: I love that skit. I, lo-
0: we uh, loved it. All those I, people. There was uh, Dante. The, the, yeah, that was Dante. That's the part that cracked my wife and I both up because my wife used to be a booking agent. Yeah. And so where she was heard, she a booking agent? Um, she worked for Agency Group and then ICM. Oh, geez, it yeah. was huge. She well, she the people she worked with were like um, uh, Jay Maskus uh-huh. and Bill spill right? And um, uh, Mike Watt. You know all these people that the heavy hitters. Oh, it's great. It was, it's my wife has an as speaking of Minor Threat, a poster dedicated to her, autographed by all four members of Minor Threat.
3: Oh, that is good. Which
0: once we got married, I was like, that's half mine. No. Yeah, <laughs> legally. Yeah, that belongs to me. <laughs> yeah, that that was a great great bit on pulling night. So you're from Chicago?
3: No, I'm no. from New York originally. Okay, then, Long Island, and then moved to Chicago for a while. Like, okay, yeah. And was it what got you into music? Uh, Originally, yeah. uh, My mom playing Beatles records for me, and then I just wanted to be in the Beatles. And then, as I got older, you know, and became a teenager, uh, wanting to be in Devo and wanting to be in the Clash. And then, as I got older, from then, wanting to be in Husker Du, and Bad Brains, and the Specials, and The Stranglers and The Damned and just, you know, wanting to be in all those bands and then um, wanting to be part of Prince's entourage. You know, I I was really into (laughs) punk and then Prince came out and I was like, this is more punk than punk. Dude, thank you. I've said that.
2: Uh, You have said that.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: People always (laughs) ask like, what's punk? And I always say Prince.
3: He is. He's the greatest. Because at the time... Everything was, you know, camouflage and, mm-hmm. and the punk already had like a kind of uniform. I missed the first boat of punk. I was like too young for that original 77. But in New York in like 82 or so, um, you know, The Clash was like the punkest, and there's Dead Kennedys and all this stuff. And, you know, the idea behind punk is, you're, I think, or any good art is like, you've got to really turn everything upside down. And then I saw the video for that song, 1999, you know, got, Gan, gan. And he's got this like sort of long sort of, sort of coat, and there's purple neon everywhere and pink neon. And like that, to me, was like, that's what it's about. It just it spun it around. And I was like, that is how he's from Minneapolis. I was like, "That is punk. That's how you do it. You mm-hmm. just redefine it all. No nope. war, no camouflage, no guns, no just like little boots. You know, it's like screw you. I'm gonna wear heels. I'll show you punk. <laughs> you you want to see punk? This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is what it sounds like. You want to you know sing about politics? How about you know 1999 and Little Red Corvette and and I will never stop loving the Clash. I'm not saying it, it negated that yeah. I, that, but Prince was a sort of a oh, reawakening of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then and anyway, and then it goes on and on. All the stuff that we all like. You know,
0: mm-hmm. when did you start playing drums?
3: I was like maybe 10 or something. My family lived in Brazil and um i got really interested in and in, i loved the samba bands on the streets you know the or they're called samba schools all these people with surdos and cuicas and like all these little percussion instruments and they'd have these huge parades and as a little kid i was like oh man that that sound is is incredible and then when we moved back to new york uh, i started taking drum lessons simple as that i just took uh at school i took drum lessons and private lessons and I always just wanted to play the drums forever, and uh, and you know I'll, I'll it'll always be in my I'll always consider myself a drummer.
0: Right on. Yeah. I saw you play drums at Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. uh, and it was one of the f- coolest and funniest things I've ever seen. It was the Wilco, Flaming Lips, mm-hmm. Slater, kinney New Year's Eve shows, so yeah, two thousand three, two thousand four, yeah. and uh, you did the Timbali character. That's
3: right, Felicito.
0: <sighs> so much fun because it was right before Flaming Lips, so. Uh, Wayne coin has the camera on the mic that's right your face was just plastered over the back of yeah. madison square garden how, how was that i mean was that daunting? it was a
3: personal thing of like <clears throat> i was like ah what dream come true madison <sighs> square garden and uh also with flaming lips which is like that's another dream come true you mm-hmm. know I, I really idolized those guys and then Sleater kinney who was my favorite band and wilco who are my favorite band too you know like i loved all of them i was like there was not a weak link in the bunch. You know, I was like, this is all the dream. Did you know
0: all of them from, oh, yeah, yeah. from touring
3: before? So, yeah, yeah. I was friends with all of them.
0: And they, they just was, said, Hey, wanna MC our yeah. giant New Year's Eve event. Yeah.
3: And uh, <laughs> I was like Absolutely.
0: You did something that I think kind of defines your style of comedy. Uh-huh. And it was it could have gone either way and it went away that I enjoyed because I like kind of I like awkward moments. So this is two thousand three and um the tsunami had just happened uh-huh. and you came out on stage as a roadie testing microphones. oh okay yes i remember that and no one knew what was going on they just thought it was a roadie tested mic right, yeah. and you said this is a live recording so everybody do a yeah and the crowd was like okay yeah mm. and he was like all right now somebody said i don't something. remember what i said it's so funny <laughs> oh, dude, I, it, I have photos it killed me it was mm-hmm. so much fun you said something like okay now um Someone made a joke. You don't really get it, so give me a kind of ah, <laughs> and the whole Madison Square Garden just goes, <laughs> and then my buddy and are like, I think that's Fred Armis. I think he's <laughs> fucking with the crowd. <laughs> <What> <laughs> the coolest rody in the world. <laughs> and then he said, then you went, okay. Someone might say something about the tsunami, so give me an awe, and the crowd just split. They just turned <laughs> in a split second. One,
3: <laughs>
0: wow, and it really awkward. Yeah, but you counted it and then it was just fun again, but it was just that like, it was just daring. It was, wow, it, was a, I, it was a daring, like uh, Rob Cordier has a line, that, a, a well-written joke. You can joke about anything. Yeah. And that was just a very daring, fun moment. And it was, I don't know, it worked for me uh-huh. and I really, really dug it. And I've always wanted to ask you about that. Like,
3: I, uh, I remember I did a couple of things for that show and I remember trying to do the crowd thing. And I remember trying to make it seem like I was a real roadie it worked. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't do anything where I was like, Hey, it's it's me or, you know, and I, I was doing a long test. Cause I, I always think that roadies are always going two two two, <laughs> two, 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 to, 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 and everyone's always sit, sitting there and it's always like that tone two, 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 <laughs> two, And then, uh, and then I think that came to me or something. I, I don't know what it was, but, um, yeah. I never, you know, I never uh, want to do anything mean or, even sh- that's shocking. I think it's just a thing of like just trying to get some kind of reaction. But I always try to like. I, it's I I I don't ever want to alienate the audience. That might have been I might have been sort of playing with that a little bit. But I am not. I don't subscribe to like yeah. If they don't get it, you know. I I try to keep it all kind kind of like uh, positive. You know? You
0: seem to be more inclusive in your comedy. Yeah. I think.
3: Yeah. I it, it, I don't go for like. I don't go for like subversive in, in that negative way of like, you know, I'm not out to get anybody.
0: It was mm. so funny. And then when they counted down to midnight, Wilco launches into Judas Priest, uh, oh, nice. living after midnight, which is yeah. great. And you're on stage dressed as Prince and there was yep. no mention of it. That's Mike right. wasn't past you. He was just there dressed as Prince yeah. and it was perfect.
3: <laughs> yep. And I remember I <laughs> hugged Carrie. I remember I hugged, she's the first person I hugged and I was like, happy new year. And. And you
0: still talk to her,
3: <laughs> Carrie Brownstein. Yeah, yeah I we email. What happened?
0: Is it have you guys overcome? Uh, we're it?
3: just it's a business, Portlandia is a business. I don't, I don't know her that well, and it's <laughs> we you know we're sponsored by different companies. I mean, that's I don't, I those are my, that's my workmate. That's I my heard work you don't at. even
2: do your scenes together. That no, it's, green,
3: I, I, it's a work thing. <laughs> I'm not interested in comedy and shows and pals and friends. I have my own Long Island friends. That, those are my friends. That's just Carrie Brownstein. I, she, I guess she's talented. I guess she's... I know she has a band. If
0: you're, if you're into it.
3: You or know. something. But yeah, I'm I'm all about Pete Townsend and that's it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what kind of joke that was. I was trying to think of someone really like beloved by, by oh, everyone. It's a good Long Island <laughs> you know? joke. <laughs> you, know, you, you can you can let your love open the door any way you want. Oh, Ooh. come, on don't, come rough, on! don't be a rough Don't be a rough boy.
0: <laughs> yeah,
3: um, I love Pete Townsend. I do love the Who. I mean, who doesn't love the Who? But I, I saw them at Madison Square Garden for that last um, that whole benefit, twelve, mm-hmm. twelve, twelve, and I looked at the audience and they're so Long Island to me. They look like such Long Islanders, and it I don't know if this dawned on me, but it's like. I think the Who is very much a very Long Island band. Like ever since I've grown up there, just like guys love the Who. Like I love the Who. Yeah, well, it's
2: yeah, classic love rock them. band. They're just
3: so to me, they just seem like.
2: But is there any more classic rock? Classic rock band?
3: No, I think they're the, the classic. They are right. Yeah, some you could say Led Zeppelin, but that's too obvious. That's too obvious. I just think that the Who, Zeppelin, the, <laughs> Led Zeppelin. Zep. the Who, Zeppelin. It's so funny. How- <laughs> It makes sense, though. It's such powerful music. Mm. You know? How would you go from punk rock to comedy? Um, I did a, I did a video. I was in bands and stuff, and I was um, uh, playing in uh, at South by Southwest with um, my, my wife at the time, and I was just playing drums for her. And then I got a video camera, and you know South by Southwest, right? It's a music festival, and then. You know, there's this whole book about, like, it, it, there's this the. there was, like, all these some, like sort of talks and panels of, like, how to make it in the music business and getting your song on the radio. And I was in Trenchmouth. I had – we had just split up or whatever. And I think I was kind of disgruntled and, like, I was kind of – like, maybe even a little bitter. I was just, like, make it in the music business. Good luck. There's no <laughs> science to it. So we got a video camera and I would interview bands as different – journalists and stuff like i do like a retarded guy or like a blind guy and a german guy just like different characters for no reason i I was just like i'm just gonna make this tape and then a friend of mine edited it and all of a sudden this tape kind of had a life of its own where i was going around south by southwest interviewing people and uh it just sort of took over and then i was showing this video at clubs and I was going on tour for it or I'd play like San Francisco or L.A. or something. And then before I knew it, that's what I was doing. And then someone from HBO saw it. So they asked me to work for the show called Reverb. It's a great show. Yeah. I so I, I did some interviews for them. And then I was kind of just all of a sudden doing comedy and, uh, or just TV stuff. And I'd always wanted to be on TV. And then that's what was happening. And then I moved to L.A. and I started doing some stand-up. Ended up on a a pilot for Bob Odenkirk. I mean, things happened very... Turned around What was the pilot? It was called Next.
0: Next.
3: It was like a a sketch show. Okay. And because of that show... So anyway, I went to LA and I befriended all these people and David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. And he put me on his show. The show didn't go, but then I had all this videotape of me doing characters. Sent it to SNL. My agents did and stuff. And then I was auditioning for them. Everything just very quickly i spent a lot of time playing the drums a lot and then as soon as i started doing comedy it just really spiraled or it snowballed or whatever you want to call it like it, it was just me saying yes to everything yeah that sounds great <laughs> do you want to do these interviews yet yeah. do you want to do some pieces for hbo would love to and then that was it and uh, it's still sort of continuing on you know
0: what what caused the end of trench mouth
3: band stuff Uh, yeah, me being, um, wanting more, you know, I, I remember kind of auditioning for other bands and stuff and I just was, I really, the honest thing is like, I felt like we weren't famous enough, you know, we did okay. We toured, had some, played some good places, but like, I remember bands kept passing us by. Right. So Mm. fans like. Smashing Pumpkins would pass us by. And I was like, okay, we're a punk band. That's okay. But then Tortoise hit it big. Tortoise would go and play Europe at these huge places and have these records come out and everyone wrote about them. And I was like, now that is some arty music. Something's up. And, and you know, we're all friends. And, but the honest thing is more like I was like, I, I don't, I, this isn't, I, I want more.
0: That style that Trenchmouth played, like I was saying, it, you know, it reminded me of you know Nation and, yeah. and and the makeup you know bands like Ian's Svenonius bands, you know, yeah. like that kind of stuff. That's a devoted following, but just a hard sell,
3: you know. It's fine for the moment. Mm-hmm. We did fine for you know being on tour. <clears throat> we paid for our van and for our gas and all that stuff and motels or whatever. But there, there's a stop to that, you know. There's a, I was how however, however old I was. I think I was about 30. So it was just kind of like, right, 96. I must have been 29 or 30, that I was just like, that this is, you know, time. F- that it's fine when you're, you're 25. Mm-hmm. For me, for Trenchmouth. You know? Did
2: you guys sign to a major?
3: Kind of. We were on East, East West East for West, one album, but right. really our label was on East West. Right. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. We played, you know, I loved playing the drums, I loved my bandmates. Love touring. We saw so much of this country and the world, but there was just like after a while, it's like
2: shh, yeah, enough,
3: it needs enough to of go. That. It needs to move. for me. On. That's all.
1: I had a question about the South by Southwest video that I've yeah. always wondered. When you're interviewing Steve Albini, yeah, did he know you already? Yes. like okay, because I couldn't because he seems like a really straight face, <laughs> like he's trying he to was be trying, sympathetic. Yeah. So I was like, maybe he doesn't know them. Like they have to know each other.
3: No, like at, by then, and that was that was in Chicago. We did that. Okay. Um, by then. He had seen some of the stuff. So I was like, who are you going to do, the German guy? I was like, I don't know yet. Maybe the German guy. And then I started doing this retarded guy. And then he was trying not to laugh. Then he laughed. And yeah. Did the German guy morph into Jens Hennemann? Pretty much. It's just okay. like the German guy came from when Trenchmouth used to get do interviews. Whenever German journalists or even just Germans in general. And I, by the way, it's a great country. I love going there. And uh, no insult to them. But they were always so... Matter of fact and quote unquote honest, but insulting. So they do this thing <laughs> where, where to them they're <laughs> just like, "What's wrong? I'm just being honest." And I'm like, "Yeah, but you got to be polite." So they would say, "Like, so your group is you're not so good." Yes.
0: <laughs> every artist we've had in here, and yeah. every artist I think in our interviewing career, has a German journalist story to the point where, when Panic Panic at the Disco started, they were 19. Yeah, they were getting ready to go on tour and i said i need you guys to write down every question a german journalist yeah. says to you and they're like why i went
3: i don't want to tell you why just trust me <laughs> there it's a real it's something else and even the promoters are ever like yeah you don't so many people here T- tortoise played yesterday and they're really sold out you know they just <laughs> love sort of pointing out to you how flawed you are with no point to it just sort of what can i say to them like, i guess you're right yeah
0: we have a friend whose band was, like, they were major label signed, and he told me that the German, that a journalist said, uh, this tour, you are
3: fat. Why? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, they, Russian, right? they think they're being, I think they have this thing with it, they think they're, because I played, I played with a German musician once, who was exactly the same way, and he backed it up by being like, I'm just being honest. And I'm like, honesty is overrated, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like it's. I didn't. You're not my friend. I didn't ask you. <laughs> honesty is truth laced with compassion. As yeah, just, my
0: therapist would say.
3: I like that. Yeah,
0: it's like truth is just blunt, but honesty. It's like let me let's just, yeah let me talk to you about
3: that. Only being honest.
0: <laughs> I, I I lived in Germany as a, as a kid in West Germany. Actually, uh-huh. my dad was in the military, so I used, Germans just. just Germans to this day just always just crack me up. Where? What city? You're Other than what? Heidelberg, which is stunning. Heidelberg
3: seems to be like a big sort of American, there's that university there's ba- there. There's
0: a university there and there's a base there. And it's one of those cities that during World War II, they're like, don't hit this one. Right. It
3: looks pretty cool.
0: Dresden, you can
3: fuck up, but this one, don't. Yeah. yeah nail it. Um, so I've been to East Germany a lot. My dad's half German. Oh, wow. So before, you know, when the wall was still up, I went to that part of that. Where whoa East Berlin I've been I went to East Berlin and Rostock <clears throat> and uh, um, a couple other places but
0: so you've like, been through the actual I've done it too as a kid Ch- a, a checkpoint Charlie yeah
3: it is it is there's nothing like it it's really weird because when we're fifty or seventy or whatever when we start talking to kids about or even now mm-hmm. about what it was like we're gonna sound like relics like no you just have to show your pass like they stamp the hell out of your pass it was communist Germany they were like. Mm-hmm. Not only were they communists, which is all about red tape and stamps and, and, and visas and stuff, they were German. So they were ultra – it was insane. <laughs> it was – they were crazy people. They were crazy people. My, my passport – every other country in Europe, boom. but East Germany was like they actually put – they had a stamp put in it. They were just so – a million questions and you had to change your money over and you were not allowed – you had to change a certain amount of money over and you were not allowed to change it back. Or you could, but it was worthless. Oh in other God. words, in other words, how do I put this? You go to Spain, you change your money over, uh, and then you change it back when you go back to the right. this place. Was just like you have to do this amount of money, and good luck to you. And in other words, you had to spend it. Right. In other words, that was a ripoff. That's a that's yeah, robbery. They
2: kept your extra money. It's like a gift card. That it was comes. a lot of money. That's what
3: Marx intended. <laughs> Marco. <No>, <laughs>
0: Do you, what a do you remember the field? Now,
3: now I'm a little bit mad about it. So I'm like, you guys, that is a ripoff. You can't do that to people. We, and you couldn't buy anything there. I remember I felt like a millionaire there and it was all garbage. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about, like, that's the thing that makes me anti communist is not like, not, not because it's like pro American, just because I'm like, this stuff sucks. <laughs> terrible cake, terrible coffee, terrible everything, terrible cars. <laughs> it was polluted, it was just crappy. And then West Berlin was tons of fun, right? West Berlin was awesome. Isn't it gorgeous? Awesome. What a beautiful place. That, you just felt like you were in the future. That, you know, right. and in the 80s, it was ultra just, like, cool and, like... So it was totally yin and yang. Yeah, but...
0: It was literally, like, good. color in black and white. When you went through the wall, where you go through two giant seven-foot slabs of concrete right. in case your car explodes, nothing goes anywhere. yeah.
3: And there's barbed wire, and there's like, obviously landmines and guards, and God, it was a mess. When I was
0: there as a kid, I, we, I did it a couple times. One time I, we took the train. Right, that was, was the only way I went. Was oh, the train? train? Yeah. Okay, the duty train. Um, well, the American, the army was called the duty train, uh-huh. get, which is kind of funny now. As a kid. <laughs> uh, and I remember I dared a kid to give the finger to a, a Russian guard. Right. And uh, he got a, an AK to the face. Yeah. not hit he just aimed it at him oh, and this is of course you know over a fence or whatever so he's probably just fucking with the american kid but all i remember is him crying and me giggling oh that's good <laughs> and uh
1: and- i don't know i spent my band tour germany a lot uh-huh. um,
3: What what do you play by the way i play
1: guitar okay um but i remember the thing i remember the most is the raper bond oh yeah. i think was in hamburg that's hamburg and they were like, you should go check out this area. And I'm like, cool, we'll do whatever we would like a day off. And it was like um, all prostitutes in snowsuits because it was cold out. And they were just wearing like these colored snowsuits. And it was so crazy to me. And like, <laughs> That's the
3: ultimate in decadence. That yeah, grapevine is, totally. Yeah. What's underneath the snowsuit? Find out. I don't know. Make a lady. <laughs> but they would, they, would, they would say something. I'd be like, no, thank you. And then they'd yeah. be like,
1: English. And then they like keep yelling English. So then they try to solicit you in English.
3: Yeah. Um, they had a whole... Which I thought was a good idea. They had a whole blocked out uh, porn district, which yeah. is probably good for cities, just keep it in one area. It's like yeah, the red totally light it.
1: district. Yeah, there's girls, girls in the and, uh, windows, and like, yeah. I never had seen
3: anything like that before. You know, so. used to play in that area. Little unknown band called the Beatles.
0: I think it was Long John and <laughs> right the Silver Beatles. <laughs> oh,
3: nice. For,
0: uh, think. <laughs> hey, watch out
3: for Steve. No, not you know. Sure. You don't think, you know. <laughs>
0: I do know. Was that their original name? It
3: was one of them. They had a whole really? bunch. I
0: didn't know. That. Long John? I never heard that one. That was at Long John and the Silver Beetles. Uh, yeah, yeah then Silver there
3: were the Silver Beetles. Yeah,
0: Silver Beetles. There's photos of them as the Silver Beetles. Yeah. A couple of them then with the little drum kit. And that's where they got good because they kept getting hopped up on speed and they had to play like 10 sets a night. Like right.
3: all night long? Yeah, all night. Seems like a lot of great stuff comes from playing all night long. Like, um, uh, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin used to do yep. and they'd go to Atlantic City and they'd play eight shows or ten shows a day that's what it was like you start in the afternoon show, 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 show It's like,
0: it's becomes, like yeah. jazz musicians are so good yeah. uh, so here's my probably best segue yet talking about the Beatles playing over in Hamburg which makes me think of Backbeat a uh-huh. great movie which yeah. makes me think of the soundtrack which had people like Thurston Moore Dave Perner on it and Dave Grohl playing the drums. Dave Grohl played the drums with you in one of my favorite SNL sketches, yeah. Crisis of Conformity. Yeah. How did that come about? And when he was just on recently, did you think about doing it
3: again? Oh, uh, We've talked about it a bunch. And we put out a Crisis of Conformity single yeah. The Drag City. Um, and on the cover of that, there's Dave Grohl in there because he was part of the DC hardcore scene. So he's, he's in there as, in the crowd. But Crisis of Conformity is like... My most personal moment in all my tenure at Saturday Night Live. That is the most. It's almost like that could have been the last sketch I ever did. In its sort of significance in my life, and for what you know, I didn't say as much. I just it was its own sketch and its own premise. But like after that sketch, I was like, "That's that's the main thing I, I ever wanted to do." And that's like a love letter to my teen years. It's a love letter to like punk. It's you know in reference to all, all all punk that I grew up on and and American that sort of American version of punk and it's so gorgeous. <clears throat> like my
0: my my wife was like,
3: "You ask Fred, why
0: they haven't <laughs> done it again because it's so good and so funny." He,
3: th- thank you. Yeah. It's it's you know I'm not a big like pride guy. I'm not like yeah. I'm you know I I do think of SNL as its own thing and it's a family and and it's a whole legacy and all I want to do is contribute, but that is the one thing that for me privately is like, I'm like, I'm so glad that that happened. I'm so glad that it happened uh, and how it sounded. And that you know, they let us do the song and that there was destruction in it. And also for the point of the sketch that the reality is that people of that age are, you know, people who in the original punk scene are of that age where they have a daughter who's getting married mm-hmm. and, there was that that um, movie that came out. I think it's called American Hardcore. Yep. And there were some interviews in there. When I was looking at some of them, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. You know, that was to me the most youthful music. You know, like anti Reagan. I was like, this, those people will never get old. <laughs> and there they were. Mm-hmm. And they look great. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's just that's what happens. Oh, Even the most that... angry music. Yeah. Totally white hair. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and reader glasses and stuff. I mean, it's just it's just how it is. You know. It's like when you think we, John and I went to see The Descendants,
0: and it's like, wow, Milo goes to college came out over thirty years ago. Yeah. Yep. It's like
3: that. What? There's a uh, good article in Filter about that. Oh really? Filter magazine. Yeah, it's about Milo and just what you know what the, that band is up to now, what they've been through. I didn't know that Bill Stevenson had, he was super sick. He yeah. was sick for a while. I had Bad, no idea. He had a tumor. Got out through
0: this brain tumor. It was gigantic. This, we saw. Um, uh, my wife's friends with Bill, and uh, we were. Where do they live? um bill's in where's the blasting Collins, room in? colorado
1: yeah. is yeah. where his studio is yeah the blasting yeah, room. yeah he's got a pretty well-known recording studio. he just, does wow. a lot of bands
0: there to the new souls record which is great who else did you do he do but i mean the scar i mean it's off not, with their heads i just interviewed them they just did a record there oh really yeah God, it's so good a lot of bands. and right they're against d- records there a lot of bands and they're touring, they're playing australia again or japan
3: i, I, had, I had no yeah, idea yeah. i had yeah. no idea that he had been through that did you know those guys too like all in them I loved them, but I never met any of them. Okay, Never met any of them, never played with any mm-hmm. of them, but I bought their records. I yeah. remember buying the All record and Descendants are great. And they really cut out a real thing for themselves. That Like, um, what a fun... Anyway, I, I don't need to re-explain the Descendants, but... Um... <laughs> Some, I, I think there's finally a documentary coming out. I think the Descendants,
0: like, if you know the Descendants, you kind of know, and they are super popular, but... They're not super popular. And right. they're the band that, more so than the Ramones, like carved out the pop punk. You it's amazing yeah.
1: to me. Like, I forget that they were on SST. Like, yeah. Especially during yeah. that time. Like, I always think of Black Flag. I mean, totally. Meet like, puppets,
3: and you're there. Totally. And you're like, like,
1: well, yeah, Descendants. Having you, that pop you, sensibility and being kind of sensitive. Yeah.
0: There used to be an SST store on Sunset.
3: Yeah, I've been in it. I
0: was in that. when I was in, I lived in California. I remember walking in and being like, the heck. What Wasn't there a Tang, Tang record
1: store around there, too?
0: Tang was on. Um, melrose okay because i remember going in with my buddy from high school and he looked up at the wall at all these seven inches and he went i would be rich crap yeah yeah crap if you Taken out a loan and bought them and sold them now
1: you yeah. probably would be rich
3: how do those store? i'm so bummed that those stores don't exist like isn't there an agreement as a customer you're like i don't care about economics just stay open and be here yeah i think it's important i'm just like i'm not interested in whether or not you went out of business just be open and be have an sst store here you know yeah but the Descendants, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bill Stevenson, also like his drumming style, that's a real – he had some real personality. That I haven't heard someone who sounded like that, that very heavy but low. There's like something about the way that he played. It sounded like his symbols th- were really thick and like he had a really great style, that guy. He's, has a great style. Yeah. I don't mean past tense. I mean like has a great style. They did
0: a sh- – last year they played um, – punk rock bowling Uh in las vegas and they did a set one night was descendants the other night was all Uh and for all it was did you hear about this it was all three all three singers it was dave Smalley, chad price and scott reynolds and they did like a three and a half hour set
3: oh that's great and
0: then the next night they did a descendant set so he's just he's like he's like the punk jazz drummer and he plays – and I think he yeah. plays with like five <coughs> sticks, like really
3: thick yeah, baseball Yeah, it sounds bats. like it. Yeah, he does. You know? It sounds like but it. He,
0: but he's that smooth, you know?
3: He looks interesting too. Like I like his face. Like he's got – he's like a real figure. He was I in think, a Black you
0: know? Flag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's>
3: like, <clears throat> he's a real soldier. He's like a punk soldier. Yeah, right. And, d- and I think when, they, when people like that, they always seem selfless. They don't seem like they're out for their own sort of solo mm. career thing. You know, they're very like – they just serve these bands, you know?
0: And now that he, so many people want to produce with him, um, he did a couple of Two Rise Against records. I think he has this. The guys in Rise Against told the story about how they had, you know, the one of the the big mixers, you know, uh-huh. mixing the final thing that was doing a lot of pop records, and they were like, "Well, Bill's going to be in there too." And so this guy who mixes mixed all these, you know, big bands like My Chemical Romance and Paramore and all that. So next to him is Bill Stevenson going, "Now, why don't we do that too?" And really, you know, forcing this guy to, like, think a little differently. Oh, I like and that. I was like, oh, that's a wonderful story. That's awesome. I'm uh, glad he's better, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. it's it was crazy.
1: What I think is cool about you also is it seems like you're very up on newer bands. Like, I've met, like, Michael from Telekinesis, he's uh-huh. awesome through you. Yeah. And um, do you still go to record stores? Do you still check out a lot of bands? Is Because it, it's hard for me to kind of keep up on newer bands, and that's all I do, sort of.
3: yeah. But that's a good way to, you know, I think it's good to like, when you, if you have the feeling that you can't ever, can't ever catch up, that's good that you're like chasing. And yeah, I, you know, there's people who do it better than me and more than me, but I try only because I love it. And uh, I do go record shop. I have a record bag with me. I was going to go to a record store, but I have to go do this radio thing with Ira Glass after this, which is, I'm not complaining but a little bit of me was like, oh, I really wish I had time to go to the record store. I can't like, I, which is an okay. But, you know, it's a good problem they have. Can you but, open
0: with that, Tyra?
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I really, I want, I have my. I even brought like a burlap bag so I can. But I love getting <laughs> records. I love. You saw in Portland, I I get records there, so I have like a a collection there yeah, that I Fred's can start. Yeah, has got a nice
1: and, setup. He's got like a nice turntable, like an old receiver, and
3: he sent pictures. Yeah, yeah. yeah and i, I wish of
1: your whole place every square inch that fat. okay <laughs> yeah uh, every room it's
3: go bananas go crazy Bad, but yeah i mean <laughs> go do, crazy. do you
1: buy mostly mostly vinyl
3: i do because they they i'm not anti mp3 but they always have a code for mp3 right. so yeah, now it's, just, great. it's it's so it's like a uh, win win but my favorite thing I, about it I, oh it's it's great i'm like yeah. yes please that's the way to do it um but i i also you know I will say Pitchfork really is good at you know alerting me about bands and they're they're usually right. I'm like, "Yep, this was a good pick." And so I always at the end of the year do the top 50 albums and I, I I get I try to get them all. Some of them you can't get aren't available. But I just go through the list and I either shop for them or download them or whatever, but I think they're really good about that. But yeah, it's I love it. I love that about being alive that there's new bands. That's like the best thing cuz Because looking at stuff when I was growing up, I actually was sad that, you know, I was like, when I grow up, bands are going to go away. There's going to be something else, another instrument. I could just tell. I thought, you know, the way I thought of Frank Sinatra, I'm like, that stuff is dead. I thought, you know, I was like, that's for, and like, and I was like, oh, but the unfortunate thing is my thing that I like, that's going to be dead. And then it's not like, there's bands with kits and amps and they're, you know, reinventing it. But it's still so. I'm people just coming out with music that it it's not like oh this is new and I really like it. I'm like this is the this is great. This is as great as anything. It's such a good climate. Really inventive, uh, visual bands. The bands are being so visual, which is like thank God for that. You know, younger and younger and and great. Grimes is you know how old you know and she's a genius. She's like so musical and it's it's the best. I mean. Yeah, I don't want to go through I I was going to go through a you know list of all these people who I like, but I'm just saying that like it's really reassuring and it's like a a good feeling. It is cool when you hear a band and you're like, oh,
0: I haven't heard that yet, or at least whether or not it's influenced by someone else, it hasn't crossed my threshold. Yes, and that's exciting.
3: It is, and and people who are kind of like doing new versions of things that you're just not. I'm like not familiar with it. John Mouse, this guy, John Mouse, is this kind of like art music guy I was like oh, I've never heard anything like this it's like when
0: I was in college and someone said this is called Can
3: oh yeah and I was
0: like <laughs> what is this I'm, I'm confused and yeah, yeah, yeah but play it again
3: yes that's the best feeling <laughs> yeah. when that happens yeah and there's bands who also aren't just inventive but rock so hard that I thought I'd heard the heaviest music and then I heard Liturgy do you know the band Liturgy Mm-mm. yeah they're on Thrill Jockey. You think, I, I thought I heard the heaviest music already. This is the heaviest <laughs> thing you've ever heard. It's not even metal. It's heavier than metal. It, it's, <laughs> it's so heavy and it's not even it's slow. It's dark matter. It's it's dark matter. <laughs> that is the best description. <laughs> when you listen to it, you'll see what I mean. It, you don't know what they're doing. You're like, what are these guys? Is it Are these people human? <laughs> it's not speed metal. It's not. It's not black metal. It's this thing. Is it
0: doom metal? Do you remember that? When
3: that came? <laughs> when, metal. That came
0: a couple years ago. Yeah, it was like yeah. these <laughs> Japanese guys normal. were like, we're taking what happened with Hiroshima and we're going to put <laughs> it to music. And you're like, okay. You know? It's like the...
2: Well, metal is definitely probably the few, one of the few rock genres that benefits from technology. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it can only get heavier using technology. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas like the blues always sounds yeah, yeah records yeah. blues records from the 60s sound great from the 50s they sound great but like me- like yeah
3: there's a real there's a real i, with, I don't know if you can curse but like a real f you about metal too that's like it doesn't matter to metal it doesn't matter if they're if they're popular or not popular or right. like they're not into like hey we just want to make it onto the charts they're just like oh we're good we could care less if, if you know, we have our own thing.
2: Well, I remember who was it? Maybe it was Metallica. It was one of the big bands that went on to get really huge. That like they never they never charted, you know. And yeah. they but they they made so much money off touring mm-hmm. and and they sold enough. Must have been
0: Slayer. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Might have been Slayer. Maybe
1: it was. I think that still exists though because I live down the street from this bar St. Vitus Uh in Greenpoint where my band's playing next week and we had the owner on here and they have shows all the time. It's like a metal bar and Uh there'll be some band I never heard of and it will be packed. Like they'll be like, oh, this band's like this Norway black metal band and it's like, I'm like, how do people know about this? Like how, it's, so underground, the metal. Underground. I'm like, we're in Greenpoint, it's like a, Long Island City, and there's like 300 people to see some band. Like, yeah, it, you know, the most, and there's
3: no hype behind it. And they're like, oh, hey, there's, there's no sense of like, this is the next big thing. It is really just like, it's its own club. It can last forever that way. And it's, the, and it's
0: the most devoted fan base. So devoted. Where if they sell 10,000 records out of their trunk, they're just yeah. the happiest people. And it's so, it's all about the show. Yeah, it's insane.
3: Just really good shows.
0: Fred, did you see that Anvil documentary?
3: Yes. Oh, God. That was moving. Yeah, really yeah. moving. They're doing a second one.
0: Are they? Yeah. Anvil 2, Red, White, and... Anvil. No, I know they're doing one. I don't know what it's
3: called. That's nice that documentaries give people second lives, you know? Yeah. I, did, I was un, un, unfamiliar with uh, Harry Nilsson until mm-hmm. his documentary, and then that opened up a whole new you know, room of records. Totally.
1: You are in one of my favorite music documentaries. Which one is that? I'm trying to break your heart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. That's like the first time I was ever on a movie screen. Really? Yeah. That's the first time I was like, oh, that, you know.
1: So were you opening a Tweety solo show? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: I'd done some stuff with Wilco, but then he did this one tour on the West Coast. And this is before I was on SNL. So people were really puzzled. Uh, Because his thing was like, he's like... I. These audiences are too serious. This whole vibe is too serious. Would you come and just open the shows? And I was like a, a nobody. And doing characters, not even jokes. Doing, cha- you know, Felicito. And the audience really was very, they weren't even mad. They were just, what is this? Why would you do this to us? <laughs> Confused. Who is this guy? <laughs> it was like, they looked at me like a, a crazy person. Like, what, what are you doing on stage? Really, truly puzzled. And that, uh, that wasn't my intent. I wasn't like, I went out there to puzzle them and confuse them. I was trying to be funny and they were just like, you know, it was a, I love doing the tour, but it was very, we don't know what's happening. Cause you know, I'm. it's like, I'm like some Spanish guy in the Timbales, you know.
1: But do you feel like you feed <laughs> off that kind of an element where like having that opportunity to do something and knowing that people
3: are. Yeah. I mean, that's what got me where I am. I like, I kind of, that's what made me make my way is all those silences and all those, what is happening right now is like kind of what I, you know, that's what I made my living doing. And that's, I would, even when I did stand up after that, not with Wilco, I, it was more of that. Just, it's kind of, and it's so weird because I don't intend to be confusing, but like, that's all it was is just confusing pieces of like, why is this guy doing this? You know? Cause I, the thing all I wanted to do, I remember thinking, was all I want to do is fool people. I don't want it to look like a joke. I, I don't want it. To, I want it to look, seem like th- it was a real situation. So I would. It's So weird talking about myself. I'm sorry that I'm so like me, me, me. But um,
2: <laughs> we've already talked about ourselves, so yeah. we're good, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah totally. Yeah.
3: But uh, in the early days when I was doing stand up at like Largo in L.A., I would dress up like a priest, but I wouldn't do like you know jokes. Like I was, I was, I was trying to be like hi. I really am a priest, and I'm just doing stand-up, or you know, a self-defense expert, or whatever. Like I tried to make it seem real. <laughs> that's pretty awesome.
0: What, so you, you, you know, you have have a you know a list of bands in your head. You you know your drummers backwards and forwards. But then you said comedy just kind of snowballed for you. Uh-huh. So who were your comedy
3: people? Well, that's a um. If I've, got, I've, got, I've got to not think when I answer this. Because I think sometimes comedians, myself included, you know, it's easy to, to go to, like, the cool, you know, like, Monty Python and all that stuff. And when I think back to, like, what really made me laugh when I was growing up or, like, even in my adult years, like, you know, someone like Martin Lawrence actually was probably a big figure in, like, how can how can you do comedy in a way that, like, is convincing and, and has some energy to it? Um I think in high school I definitely grew up on Saturday Night Live, and I, you know, Eddie Murphy and all, and um, Dana Carvey and and Mike Myers was you know. But uh, that said, I mean, obviously, I think we all loved Monty Python, but but I think Martin Lawrence is someone who I remember thinking, like, wow, that's like that's a real gift because if you ever watch his show, he he really is committed and it's like it's not a regular sketch show it's like a, you know it's like a it's almost like a like a sitcom kind of thing Mm -hmm. but he does characters on it and he is in it (laughs) he he looks possessed Mm -hmm. you know he's really intense
0: i thought i mean coming i remember when i was growing up uh which is a good thing after 120 minutes they would show the young ones yeah and then comic strip live that and I don't remember. I remember comic, the young ones. Comic Strip Live was like this weird British sketch show with all those guys. But it was it was really twisted. I remember as a, as a kid in high school being like, I don't get this. This isn't like the young ones at all. It seems different and bizarre. But I find myself as I get older remembering it.
3: And, I don't and remember And it was Adrian
0: Edmondson. It was um, uh, Rick Mayall and okay. Nigel Planner. And it was them. But there was other people like um, – uh, Abfab Ab Fab women, I can't remember yeah. the name, forgive me. But they were, in, they were in some of the young ones too. Yeah, one of them married Adrian... Joanna Adrian, Lumley. That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that kind of stuff. But like Comic Strip Live, that sensibility I find very similar to Portlandia. Oh. You know, and that kind of, you know, it's I mean, of course, vastly different in the scheme, but it's just like this kind of... Yeah. That, I remember they had a sketch where it was a bunch of young British kids who kept getting off and adv- having adventures. You know, and they were like, and one of them said, I'm tired of getting on all these adventures. I just want to go to school. <laughs> wow. And one of them punches him in the face and like, get a hold of yourself. And you just start sobbing. And then he turns to the camera and goes, we're really sorry. He's
3: not used to. Our, I don't know adventures. this. Comic Strip <laughs> Live. I do not know it. Yeah. I remember the young ones though. They were great. Yeah. That was oh, excellent. Did you
2: ever see their, their heavy metal movie? What the, what's the name of it?
3: Oh, there is one, isn't yeah, it's there? It's so
2: brilliant. Bad news, not bad. Yeah, it's news. bad news. Yeah, yeah. bad news. It? Yeah.
3: It's, have you seen it? It's
2: I've never so seen brilliant. it, but I, I, I yeah, it's, I remember it's, it's it. Ma- yeah. It's in two parts. I think you can. I don't even know if you can rent
0: it. A friend of mine had it on tape. They had some sick shit. Did you ever see the Danger Brothers that they did? No mm-hmm. stuff. That bad they, news is they would even air it here. It's funny
2: as shit, though. I highly recommend
0: it. All right, it's really. hilarious. Remember they had a video. They played it on Headbangers Ball when it came out back way back when in mtv which by the way is hilarious the portlandia take back
3: mtv oh thank you yeah, that that's was so, good. so funny thanks <laughs> <laughs> thank you
0: how did portlandia come about how long had that been in gestation
3: well carrie and i carrie brownstein and i were just doing videos online for no reason we were friends and we just started making these videos that had no point they weren't you know it was like a it's like taking a break. It was like little vacation videos we made. And then we just kept making them and making them. And I'd go visit her and we'd have one camera guy who did the sound and another friend of ours would edit it. And then we just had all these tapes and we put it up on our website. We didn't even try to compete or try to, you know, monetize any of it. We just had this piece of, of like 10 different sketches. And then it was a really simple thing of my manager saying well, what do you want to do next? Like, what do you think? What what do you feel like doing? You're on SNL. And I was like, I want to do more of these Thunder Ant. It was called Thunder Ant. Uh, I want to do more of these. Is there any way we can pitch this as a show? Sure. And then we went to Broadway Video, Lauren Michaels Company. This guy, Andrew Singer, does shows there. And he, he was like, oh, I think IFC might be wanting to do some comedies. Went to IFC. They said, great. And then before I knew it, we were making a pilot. And then before we knew it, we had season one. And season two and here we are in season three it's just you know one thing led to the other
0: does your aspiring musician self just get pissed off
3: at your comedian self (laughs) no because I'm able to (laughs) like I'm able to in a crazy way all the music that I ever wanted to do actually did come out because through comedy so you know I was in this punk band I was in Trench didn't do what I wanted it wasn't as big as I wanted it to be but then Crisis of Conformity so If it's a song that I wrote, right, it made its way onto the airwaves of NBC. That's as big as a single or whatever. And like, um, I'm not bragging that I wrote it. I'm just saying that, like, as a musician, a song that you know came together, ended up out there, then it it all worked out.
0: Was yeah, as a drummer and uh-huh. writing that song. All of a sudden, hey, here's Dave Grohl. Yeah, play the drums. Did you just say – were you very specific in what you wanted him to play or did you say Yeah, but,
3: but all of the things in that song, there's nothing original about it. There's mm-hmm. not like the, – right. I, I didn't reinvent – it's it's jokes of like what hardcore and punk is. Do you
0: hear me, Alexander Haig?
3: Yeah, so that's, that's from great. Dead Kennedys. They always drop names of politicians and like when you hear it now, you're like, who are you talking about? Um, and then um, some of it's from uh, – uh, Husker Du, There's like a little Husker Du chord thing in it. There's some bad brains in it, and so to to show it to Dave Grohl, I was like, we were laughing the whole time. Okay, and then there's this, and then there's the, you know, the suicidal tendencies part, and we're laughing, and it's all like he knows he's got such a great sense of humor that he knows it all. So it was just then there's a, this part. There's a, they all have names, you know. I think the Husker Du song would be tar- I think Target. Wow, you know that's all. Just in- inspired by yeah. I mean, or whatever or taken from or whatever you want to call it but it's a like that kind of like hardcore always used to do that sort of you know on the on the frets just the 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 one note and then one fret up that sort of like dissonant like it's a half step yeah yeah, (laughs) and, and yeah half step thank you but that sort of anti you know Melody sort of yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. it's awesome. So
3: that, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the slow moshing part yeah, <laughs> yeah. which must be in fifty thousand different hardcore songs. You know oh
1: yeah, you know it's crazy. I was listening to Dead Kennedys recently and I didn't realize. I mean, I guess when I was listening to it, I was so I was like fifteen, and then I kind of stopped for a while. But it's so surfy, like it's East Bay Rays. Yeah. guitar like those good. And it, but it works in such a punk context. But I there really are no other bands that
3: have really done that. I'm so with you on that. They got, like, put into that hardcore, maybe because of their graphics and stuff, right. you know, into that genre, but they were not. That That was, like, its own kind of music, that, that Fresh Fruit for Running Vegetables. Totally. Surf is the perfect description. That guitar style, oh, yeah. there is none of that hardcore style. It's, like, all weird, spooky surf. What an in, what an incredible band, Totally. Huh? And I'm Jealous
1: Vocals, shit, like, it worked in that context. Yeah. But I... In,
3: he wasn't it's, even angry
1: yeah <laughs> he was sort of talking
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that yeah, whole line. so
1: tweaked <laughs> when
0: you
2: think about it objectively
0: that was a big good band a big good band that was a great band of players like D.H. Yeah. Yeah. Pelligio's drumming totally. is yep. severe. He's Yeah. severe I got to meet him in LA and I remember it's one of those things where after the fact I went oh that's neat D.H. I wonder if he's oh crap it was yep I was like duh yeah all that kind of weird. That's he might have, I have
3: done a stint. I don't. I think I'm. I don't know if I'm right. But with Red Hot Chili Peppers for like when they were replacing drummers for a little he, while. He did for a second. Might have done that. I I wish you know reunions aren't very um, you know they're not always the best thing in the world. But that's a band that like because I think that now they tour without Jello. I'm yeah. like oh, guys get it together. And they no, tour without J. together, fluoride, too, I think I was
1: at Irving Plaza and they showed a thing on the screen before the band like Kennedy's and I was like got so excited. Yeah. And I like googled. It, I was like oh it's no, like some one guy. of the guys or something like.
3: I understand it's showbiz and you got to make a living, but I'm like, oh, guys, come on. What's the fight? Stop the right. fight. Just for us. <laughs> yeah. I, take, I take offense to when bands don't get along and then they can't regroup because I feel like it's, that's not up to them. That's yeah. the, I'm like, no, no, no. We paid you and we bought your records. I don't care if you guys don't get along.
2: It's you, bigger than your egos. Yeah, I don't care. Art.
3: Get on stage. That's what we paid you for. Yeah. <laughs> you know get on stage i mean we i bought your record what and now what you don't get along with something some money thing i don't care <laughs> that goes to the jam i'm like do a show at coachella or whatever you know do it i don't care i know that you guys are all moved ahead but for me dead kennedy's jam i'm I'm happy the bad brains did it that was really yeah. good how like, how
0: you how are you, you holding up replacements coach yeah that's what i want you okay <laughs> The, I the think replacements it's Replacements is the one I want. Yeah. You're mean, waiting on what, Jawbreaker? But who... Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to
3: happen. Though. No. And Replacements is not going to happen.
0: It is. They're, they're playing Coachella. It was just yeah. announced this week. Really?
3: No. Yeah. They're releasing an EP. Well, the EP is... Oh, but Chris, Ma- I thought Chris Myers didn't want to do it.
0: Uh, the, I don't know. It just Let's said, find that out. It just said on... Well, the on,
3: EP,
2: Chris Myers isn't on.
0: He's not, but... It, you so he probably won't be at the show unless... But didn't he... Didn't he use something like he came back for like a uh, Westerberg thing? Let's
3: look know. into this. Let's find out what the what All the deal I know is
0: because I was offended because it showed one, I've been to a few Coachellas and realized why I don't want to go back, but it's it's it it showed like the headliners and like like the main the main acts and the second line. The second line was the replacement. So I was no. like, that's just wrong <laughs> to me. Placement should be up there in yeah. bigger
3: font and huge. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Well, let's see. Let's find yeah. out. Also, if it's not Chris Mars, I'm not gonna be. I mean, whatever. That's all right. I'll, <laughs> I'm not gonna be upset. But I. But I want to see. Yep. I like. A, I like a original. We all like original members. We like. I mean, who's good? Would be amazing. I'm not saying forever, but mm-hmm. just give us a little something, you know.
0: Did you go to that uh, recent Bob Mould tour?
3: I kept missing it. Yeah. I meant to, and I just kept. I. We was doing Portlandia, so oh,
1: got it. Yeah. I, what I thought was interesting was I hung out with John Worcester. He's been on the podcast before. He's yeah. been with Bob. And I assumed that you guys were friends just because you're both so funny and such good drummers. That's nice of and you. And he was like, I've never, I've actually never met him, but yeah. I would love to meet him.
3: I knew the guitar player, I think, or the bass player from Bob's band. And um, we we became kind of friendly. But And I met Bob. And I went to a show, but I couldn't stay. I had to go catch a flight. So oh, I man. met Bob Mould and freaked out i did we got to interview him
0: once you, were you did you come you were you there nope we interviewed bob bull and i remember just sit there just being like um i don't he doesn't know i wonder have if he realizes of, i don't think he realizes how
3: cool he is you know so, did you read his book yeah so good uh, he's but like was... in my blood yeah <laughs> i think he i don't i don't think he <laughs> didn't realize it he, like he's in my body like who's good do mm mm-hmm. How, I I listened to them too much. Like I listened to them <laughs> so much that I will say it was too. I like nonstop, nonstop.
0: Did you wear out a record or a cassette?
3: Oh, to be honest, a cassette. Yeah. Or a land speed record. Wow. <laughs> that <laughs> took so, how
0: long for this to happen? Yeah, yeah. you've like with really no been, bad puns You've been slow until today. Today. What's up? Oh, that was rough. I'm a little self conscious. <laughs> no, no, I'm
3: good, I'm good. I'm good. With that.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure how to react. Or take it in.
3: Oh, no, I'm good with it.
0: <laughs> um, also,
1: Stephen is the person who's got me into comic books and sci-fi and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Especially *Battlestar Galactica*. Oh boy, that uh-huh. was cool. And that episode was so cool to see, especially as a fan of the sh- of both shows. But to see those guys in the same room together playing—that was so incredible.
3: Yeah, it was for, for us too. That was all luck, and they didn't know what the show was, you know. They were, but they just all lucked out. That was like, who can we get? We put feelers out, you know, and, and then there's just one day I was like, ah, they can all show up. <sighs> and, yeah, we got, we got very lucky. Did you shoot that in L.A. or that was in Portland? Portland. They all went really? to
1: Portland. Wow, that is crazy.
3: And, you know, we don't pay very much and it just somehow all worked out. I was, I was, I was a little starstruck, for real. To see them together, I was like. <laughs> yeah, is it hard to get your, the guests to come up to Portland at all? Sometimes. You know, it's not easy to get there. But um, sometimes you just make it work. Right. Sometimes there's just that one window. And it's hard on our crew because we just have to reschedule so much stuff. Right. You know? Like, you know, so-and-so can only come this one day. So we got to do the sketch this one day. I mean,
0: do you ever think you're going to have a show where you could say a recurring uh, actor, Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I mean, Kyle
3: McLaughlin. Oh,
0: God. Oh, I mean, he's... Yeah. I regret so to good. this day <laughs> doing an event. I used to work at VH1 and I got to spend some time with comic McLaughlin, and it was at a golf tournament and I kept trying to get up the guts to be, can you just hold up the club and yell long live the fighters just once just, to, and I couldn't,
3: he would like, have done it. I bet he would have. <laughs>
0: oh man. He's
3: like friendly, normal, nice, yeah. good dude. So great. Yeah. That show just
0: seems one, one it just seems fun to do, which is nice that that radiates from what you're doing. Yeah. But I've never been so conscious of how important editing was to comedy than Portlandia. Yeah. You know, and you, you you Mm. know it obviously, but the way you guys put stuff together, it just, it's, it's just like payoff after payoff in some of those sketches and it's great. And there's, it's like too many in a good way. Like I was just watching, um, the martina navratilova one yesterday uh-huh. and I, i'm just in my sometimes i think and when i'm watching them, i'm like wow what didn't they put in i bet there's a lot of really hilarious yeah, there's a lot of stuff. stuff that doesn't
3: make it in that that we love and yeah. we're attached to and then there's just no time you know wow there's no time but those editors are they really make jokes out of things they really create jokes there's some stuff that we there's sketches we've shot that we're like this is unusable this is not <laughs> a sketch." We messed up. It was a kind of a good idea, but this is not a sketch. So let's shoot it out. Let's just, you know, maybe it'll be part of something, maybe on a, a DVD later on. And these guys find jokes. They find jokes, and then I see it, and I go, I had no idea. There's sketches that we fully thought were in the garbage can. There's one from season two where we go to a dog park, and it's me and or it's Carrie and I as like these two dog owners and Kath and Dave, and we're just sort of telling all the dogs to kind of shut up and like, and then we really went home thinking like that was a a wash and those editors turned it into a real sketch. So where does the idea come from before you go out and shoot it? Is it just, we write stuff out and we have a very traditional Mm -hmm. writer's room and we think, what can we do with this character? What if they went to a dog park? That sounds good. You know, what if they lose their dog? What if they sort of boss the other dogs around? Great. And then we just sort of start coming up with some ideas for it. Then yeah, then we find a location. Actors and Wranglers, the whole thing. Wow. I that's
0: one of those cool things about the show where where you like if you if you think that looks, you know, easy and they just kind of did this so naturally. Then you guys are doing the job correctly. You don't see how much of a plan and yeah, forethought okay, goes into okay.
3: it, you know?
2: Right, it comes off as totally casual.
0: All,
3: yeah. yeah, I know. No, there's a lot of early mornings, <clears> there's <throat> a lot of, you know, we have writers, we have, it's, it's It's strange. It's like, I love it, but it is not easy. Oh, but it pays off so well. They just find, those editors just find stuff. That's my whole day of shooting, you know?
1: Mm. But, and obviously SNL, the hours are crazy. And then Portlandia, I'm sure it's very condensed. I mean, do you, you seem so driven. I mean, do you ever want to just like watch TV for a week and sit in no, your pajamas? No. no,
3: I want, I want to keep working until it's just blinding. Like if I have a day off, I will make work for myself. Like I even have a mantra that's like every day is a work day. Even if it's an hour, even if it's writing a little something, just that I, I make sure that every day has some kind of work that gets done. It like that, that's you know, that that's the way I wanted to keep going. Somehow, you know? But yeah. I go as soon as I'm done with SNL, we go right to Portlandia and, and the other way around it they overlapped a little bit in the beginning of this year. Oh really? Yeah, I was flying in on Wednesday mornings, did the show on Saturday, fly back on Sunday. Good and, Lord. and it was really Hard where you know I was very complaining, like I can't believe I gotta get on this plane and like I haven't slept. But there's also something really romantic about it. Like you feel a bit like you're like being a martyr for, you know, what you do, you know what I mean? So it was like this combination of like, oh, this is hell, and like, but I still loved it. Well it's
2: like touring, right? It's like
3: touring. It's touring is like it's romantic. It's so
2: hard, but it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's physically
0: I hated it.
3: That's why? I, oh. be- <laughs> I, I loved. I, I loved love it touring. It. it has its challenges. Yeah, like the lifting of equipment is hard. Being with the same people that long, you yeah. start getting real nitpicky. <laughs> yeah, and then and then finding the for me the most challenging thing was bathroom stuff. Right, women's room, dude. Always. Oh yeah, there's a whole thing, but like <laughs> even then it's, Always. But don't it's still tricky it's still tricky. still tricky Night Some nightclubs, you're like, I'm not gonna go in that bathroom Right <laughs> But I only have an hour, I don't care I'm not going in that bathroom with the stickers Not going there But you but it's a real, it's a real art form.
1: <laughs> it's... And killing time too. That's like always my thing. Like I'm playing four shows next week, and it's like I brought a bunch of books, but I feel like I never read them. No, that like, doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, that you're doing all. See, that's ah, we're see.
3: playing
1: House of Blues in Atlantic City next, really? s- next Saturday. Oh, that's good. To survive, yeah. Wow. Oh, awesome.
3: Yeah, that's gonna be so, a great show. I'm yes. Trying to drive out there. That'll one. be really
2: good.
0: Yeah, should be good. Have you heard? Yeah. Have you heard United Nations? Heard his band? I've sort of, yeah. I'll, I'll okay, Jonah, sense. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So, what's what's Vanessa like? What's Vanessa really like? Vanessa, what an angel! What a sweet. I really, I gotta say, I really love Vanessa. She's one of my favorite people. She's just like, also comedy wise, she's just so good and so. I, I guess the only word I can think of is open, but I don't mean like open and honest. I mean just like. She just wants to have fun and she always seems happy and she appreciates things. She's very appreciative and I feel like she's always in that state. You know, there's know-it-alls. She's the opposite. She's like, she just wants to know things and uh, she's great company. She's just like so patient and so and she wants to do things and working with her, writing with her. We laugh so hard. She is, she's the best. The best is a f- funny term to use, but you know what I mean. Like, totally. I, I just really love Vanessa. She's great. I feel like she really appreciates life.
1: Yeah, I agree. She's great. Really? You sure? <laughs> I like her. You're positive?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: is Portlandia finished this season? or? Oh, like we shot it all. Yeah, we finished. Okay. And
3: they're still editing, I think, one editing. more episode right now. Right but, on. Yeah. And then um,
0: SNL, they've been releasing names of hosts and things coming out yeah 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 i
3: think it's that that's just a matter of like that's when they book them when they like sort of confirm them
0: yeah i was wondering when adam Levine was going to do it i think that's going to be great
3: yeah it's that, always whatever host there is it's a, something always good happens you know right on yeah it's the it's the i love it there it shows i love it it's, a, it's awesome
0: and you do like your name being
3: the first name right gotta go oh yeah that's like <laughs> I got lucky with that. <laughs> In school, I got lucky with that, too. Like, I would sit at the front of the classroom Aww. so I could get all, you know, I could get attention. I really wanted attention so bad. Me and Vanessa got pretty lucky, but not quite as lucky. No, but... B, A is, is... That's up b- there, though. Pretty up there, but A,
1: I mean, that's like... A, I'm b- sitting there like... W- sometimes that sometimes you feel end? like they would go uh, backwards. Like, they'd be like, today we're going to go backwards. And I'd be like, oh, now I'm last. No, I didn't. I didn't. That would happen to me. And it was that didn't hit me. You get really entitled. Yeah. Yeah.
3: B.A. is good, though. I like that.
1: Yeah. You're up there.
3: I'm up there. there but were you're times... not
0: point
1: man. It's probably good
2: because you're not point man. That's yeah, right. True. But you're at the top.
0: Yeah. <laughs> As you storm on the beaches of Normandy, it's kind of rough, but otherwise.
3: Yeah. Right.
0: That's how I like to end
3: things. With the Normandy joke? <laughs> yep. D-Day. <laughs> D-Day. November 1st, 1951. <laughs> D-Day. <laughs>
0: So, I think we covered, I believe, everything we wanted to cover without knowing we wanted to cover it.
1: Yeah, that was,
0: yeah. Talk
1: about a dude that's had an interesting career trajectory that just is, he's so talented in so many ways.
0: I love that I'm going to be in a band, we're going to tour, we're going to make it big. No, I think I'll make a funny comedy video. Oh, I'm on SNL now? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's going to piss off a lot of people.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that was inspiring and also made me feel so lazy
0: Because that <laughs> yeah. dude's work ethic is so incredible Every day is a work day That's what I'm missing Because yeah.
2: right? yeah. for
0: me, every day is a nap day Yeah, exactly.
2: I've been trying to figure out how to make every day a play day But for my whole life <laughs>
0: <laughs> Right on uh, If you like us, please go into our Facebook page uh, We got a, a wonderful email from a gentleman in the Netherlands Which is very wow. cool Enjoyed that immensely. So thank you so much. Um, I believe his name was VIM. If I'm pronouncing it correctly, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we actually got a, a, some people have been clicking that donate button. Super cool. Really? Thank you very much Thanks. for donating and going off track. Glad we you. appreciate it. <laughs> we we dig that you dig us. And uh, next week more awesomeness. Although man, Fred Armisen, it's going to be tough to top. But I think we'll try. 2013 kicking ass. Right. <laughs> And then we sit over there. Yeah. Very nice. I didn't ask permission to play. So <laughs> There's nothing in here after the podcast.